but it doesn't matter what it is. If you want to work for an NGO or become a social entrepreneur, if you want to st- work for a corporate and become a, a CEO fat cat one day with your Range Rovers, congratulations, you know. But pick a struggle because no matter what you choose, they're going to come with a set of problems. Mm-hmm. And the thing and the key to happiness is understanding that your happiness comes from solving specific problems. And if you don't know what those problems are, you need to find a struggle that you can fall in love with over and over and over again. And that has to be the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. Hey guys, so I want to use this particular opportunity to say thank you to all of you who have supported The Matt Brown Show and my book, Your Inner Game, 12 Principles for High Impact Entrepreneurs. You know, thanks to your support, the book went straight into the bestseller list at exclusive books across the country within a week of it being launched. (laughs) Zip it, rent a crowd, zip it. (laughs) So one of my goals is to get the book into the hands of 1 million entrepreneurs and business leaders in the next 12 weeks. And as a small token of my thanks and to help make this goal possible, I'd like to offer you the digital version of my book for free. Simply go to mattbrownshow.com forward slash ebook, fill in your details and download the book to your preferred device. Oh, and please guys help me spread this message as widely as possible. So off the back of the book, making the bestsellers list, David Watts, the host of the What's Involved show, invited me back onto MixFM to discuss some little-known facts, stories, and insights about the inner game revolution that is making such a positive difference to entrepreneurs around the country. So thank you once again, and please enjoy this episode with David Watts. There we go. It's Mix 93.8, some legendary radio for you. Blue Swede, hooked on a feeling. Hey, it's nice to be back. Eh? I missed a week or two there. I got struck down by the dreaded lurgy last week, Sunday. Man, I don't know if you've had it and if you've heard about this flu that's going around. It is mean, okay? Whatever you do, avoid it. Avoid it. Normally, I always go man flu is way worse than, than other flu, but this was man flu of note. And I seem to have given it to him by proxy, my special guest in studio tonight. Uh, none other than the Chief Excitement Officer from Digital Kung Fu, Matt Brown. How's it, Matt? How's it, David? Nice to be back here in the new studio. Let's just make sure I've got you on the right goodies here. You see, we've got all sorts of... Okay, tr- let's try that. Am I, am I good? That, that sounds a lot better. There we go. Yes. I was saying it's great to be back <laughs> and uh, loving the new studio. It's got a really cool, welcoming feel to it. Mm, a, a lot of work has been done, yes. A very nice, brand spanking new shiny desk to learn, so it's all fun and games. But uh, since we last talked, uh, Mr. Brown, you have been a rather busy lad. You you, you played your, your cards a little close to the chest last night and you mentioned that things may be a book and maybe you're going to be doing it. And uh, the next second I hear, there is a book. I know. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's a funny backstory to that one. So, I, for the, so obviously, as you know, I've been podcasting for quite some time. And uh, I had numerous publishers come up to me and say, please write a book, please write a book. A lot of uh, entrepreneurs and peers basically said, write a book, write a book. And eventually I caved to the peer pressure, which is very unlike me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I caved for one reason only, and that was I finally gave into the, well, I should rephrase that, I accepted the fact that I have huge imposter syndrome. And so writing a book is a very personal thing. So if you believe that you're an imposter in any way, shape or form, even though it's not necessarily true and it's not how people would categorize you at all, it's nonetheless a very you know, prominent thing. And film stars have it, 
you know, creative people have it, music stars have it, uh, and it's well documented. And so I had to overcome that. But the thing was, I penned the deal, and nine months later, my publisher, Tracy McDonald publisher, she phones me and she goes, Matt, where's the book? And mm-hmm. I was like, Tracy, I haven't even written a single word. I hadn't started. And for this, just to get over this whole idea of trying to find one's authentic self and putting that into words and trying to also understand that, you know, business, to write about business as a category, it's complicated, right? It's, there's loads of other options out there, loads of other books. And I needed to find something that was different because I always believe that if you're going to create something of true value in the world, it has to be completely different from many other things out there. So it took a lot of time, a lot of soul searching to figure all that stuff out, but it culminated in the book, which is Your Inner Game, 12 Principles for High Impact Entrepreneurs, and the reception and the feedback has been amazing. Now, we say this, and I've interviewed several authors, and, and you know, you guys are very like, yeah, been it was it was work but there we go we've done it now but you you mentioned something which i found fascinating and and you also you said that a lot of people feel the same way and that, that and and this is this you call it this uh imposter syndrome i kind of call it you know what happens if somebody calls you out and goes fake fake mm-hmm. you know and that has been something that that i've definitely suffered with as well and struggled mm-hmm. with is what if it's not good enough Absolutely true. And it's a sentiment, right, that you that everybody deals with. It's this idea of like, how valuable are my views? How valuable is my voice in a sea of 7 billion different voices in this thing called the connected Internet? Um, And so, um, you know, you have to overcome that. Um, And how you do that is a very personal thing for everybody. Mm. Um, And so but imposter syndrome it's a funny thing because, especially in the book space, because when you write a book, right, uh, you must understand that you're trapped. Your words are trapped in that book forever. Yeah. And so, as everyone listening to us right now will admit that, you know, you tr- you change over time. Yeah, it is. It there is. It's it's done. <laughs> it's done. It's it's in book form now. So. Exactly. So I can't change that, right? So if I've got 10,000 people on my LinkedIn, right, and I post a video th- from my phone as an example, and 100 people or 1,000 people see that, well, you know, no one else is going to see that, and that video will be lost in the timeline of all the content that we produce mm. as a business and that I produce as a brand. Um, and But with a book, you just Google Amazon, and there it is, and your people will find your book forever. And so I'm petrified, and it's a weird thing to think it like this, but... You, I'm going to change, right? So I just turned 40. So I, I imagine the day that I turned 50 and I read that book again or this book, You're In A Game, uh, again for the first time in 10 years. Will I still recognize the voice? Does it make sense? Will I still yes. care about yes. the words in there and the messages in there? Will I still believe that the book stood the test of time? Because that is truly the, the greatest benchmark of a great book. We all would like, I mean, you know, there's the story about uh, everybody has at least one book in them. I'm still not sold on that idea. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when you think of this, yes, this is this is a snapshot of your life to date and where you are currently. Mm. Will it stand the test of time? I've, I've got to say there's, I mean, it's 12 principles. You've taken this from what, over 150 sort of you've d- distilled the wisdom over 150 podcasts that you've done yeah close to 200 now yeah so i think i think there is timeless wisdom in it i, I certainly do mm. but i don't think you're going to be the same person no um if we look at your journey i mean 
You 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 went from uh, producing electronic dance music. How and, do you know about that? And and having been uh, reading the book, people. <laughs> and having <laughs> uh, 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 this this whole online thing. Then that that uh, didn't go so well. No, it was my first business. I was young. I moved to London when I was 21. And so I had two passions in my life. I had business and then music. So I founded a record label called Voodoo Vinyl. And, um, you know, it was just when uh, everybody started to switch over to co- uh, sort of uh, online media consumption. So Napster, and if oh, you remember yes, Napster. with great fondness. I loved Napster. <laughs> hey, you music got all the best music for free. <laughs> but it, it basically put a peg in the sand. And it said to the music industry, you guys are massively under threat. Yeah, adapt or die. Adapt or die, and they did not adapt or die. Um, and so we, I saw this happening, and I remember plugging in a 56k modem back in those days. Oh, I remember those <laughs> old dial-ups and little beeps and everything. Yeah, I exactly. It fondly. So the millennials won't understand what the hell we're talking no, about, no, no. right? You should no. Google 56k modem sound <laughs> right now. <laughs> Think about this, okay? It's like on average to download a four-minute song was about four hours or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it was. How long it it took. was frightening just to connect to the internet, you know. And hope that you stayed connected for the duration of the download that's it exactly and there wasn't any buffering issues remember that whole thing buffering what is that today yeah, yeah and so yeah <laughs> david's doing moves in the studio uh, but you know the moment that i connected to the internet for the first time my entire world changed in terms of the paradigm i recognized as being a huge opportunity which was at the time the convention was if you were an, uh, an artist you the belief was that you needed to work with a re- independent record label to get your music signed and then released mm-hmm. when the internet happened all of that changed suddenly you could go direct to retail you didn't need the distributor you could overcome the exorbitant uh, record uh, printing costs yeah. so a test pressing which is essentially like a, a kind of like a, a sound test acetate vinyl cost mm. 500 pounds and it, you could play it once But the sound quality was amazing. And then you would go into your full production run. But the cost for a vinyl was exorbitant. You would pay 10 pounds for a vinyl, just one vinyl, and that would sometimes have only one track on it. So if you do the math, would you do that today? No, you wouldn't. Why not? Because iTunes happened, right? So iTunes came along and Steve Jobs basically met with all the biggest music um, uh, labels and said, literally, quote, you guys are idiots. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, I'm going to build iTunes. You're going to give me all your music for free and I'm going to give you a share of the the revenue from a per download basis. Essentially, it was the birth of the long tail business model, meaning you didn't need to be or you didn't need to have Mariah Carey on your books anymore. You didn't need to have the hit record. You could make more money from independent sales times 100,000 than you could of just one Mariah oh Carey. And so I recognized that, and that's when I built Voodoo Vinyl, and we started something called the Voodoo Vinyl Remix Network, which essentially allowed any music artist from anywhere in the world to remix any one of our songs. And we literally were inundated with, uh, with submissions from creative artists from around the world, literally from all around the world. We were getting at one point, I think, 15,000 unique views in a single post on a forum. Wow. You know, it was crazy. And that was, with, that was just in the beginning days of the Internet. And so we were releasing uh, 100 albums on vinyl and digital every year. And I was 24. Sure. <laughs> wow. But that okay. failed. That eventually failed. <laughs> it failed. You know. And that was a tough lesson to learn. <laughs> to your, that's the question, right? Which is that first failure. It didn't work out very well. Why not? Because my passion for the business 
waned and eventually my love for the pain and the struggle of running a record label also waned and eventually I sold that. You got bored? Basically, yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, Chief Igniter, what are you, Chief Excitement Officer? Chief Excitement Officer of Digital Kung Fu and now a published author. Matt Brown is uh, my special guest in studio. Uh, probably best known for the podcast, The Matt Brown Show, although in terms of business, you've been doing some pretty, pretty impressive things there as well. And uh, his book is called Your Inner Game, 12 Principles for High Impact Entrepreneurs. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant book. Um, you've certainly spoken to some fascinating people. We'll be back and we'll be discussing a little bit more with Matt Brown about the book, about what he's doing, where we're going, and maybe have a look at some of those lessons as well. I would certainly be interested in hearing some of them. Hey guys, it's Alexis here, one of Matt's ninjas at the Dreamers Dojo, powered by Digital Kung Fu. Off the back of the launch of Matt's best-selling book, You're in a Game, Matt is offering a keynote for free to high schools and universities around the country. The talk, called How to Achieve Anything, is designed specifically to inspire, educate, and motivate students using the principles shared in his book. The goal is to get the book into the hands of one million students. So, if you'd like to book Matt, please get in touch with us by sending an email to hello at dreamersdojo.com. Big Study 3.8 Legendary Radio. It is what's involved this Monday night. Billy Joel, Alan Town, so good to be with you. Uh, um, Matt Brown, somebody just said Matt Brown speaks eloquently. Interesting story. So there oh, you go. You're interesting. That? Shout out. I'll, Shout send out. Me, I'll send him or her a book. <laughs> just tweet me. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So we want to talk about that. I want to know if we're going to be doing something nice around the book a yeah, little absolutely. later on. Um, because, you know, I always like to give some value to my listeners. But now, so, so your, vinyl, your vinyl sort of business went one way and, uh, you know, you kind of then moved on. Now, but you've had... When you said to me just now that you just recently turned 40, I was like, man, you got a lot of living done in your couple of years on this earth. Because from there, um, then when did you do the my, the, the, the self-development website? Yeah. Was that was that after that? Yes, it was. I thought I was a rock star. I just sold my business for six figures and pounds. I mean, I wasn't a huge acquisition, but I, for, for a 24-year-old, I thought I was minted. Mm-hmm. I probably was compared to a lot of other 24-year-olds. And, um, and so... I decided I wanted to help people. Nothing wrong with that. I think every entrepreneur should help people. Mm. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, help should be like part of your game. Um, and so I was, I was 26. I took some time off and I was about 25, 26. And I started this um, kind of a company called Animus Potential, which is a Latin word for mind potential. And it was all about helping people reach their dreams. And I figured I had a good enough story that people would buy into um, as a youngster. And man, was I wrong because I had never actually failed in business before. And let me tell you, when you lose all your money, all your motivation and all your kind of spiritual, if you want to call it that, I'm using that word loosely, but your kind of inner game stuff, when you lose that, you are more than broke financially. You are really down out. Mm. And and, you know, and it took me a long time to, to bounce back from that. But I learned that, you know, no one wants to take advice about life from a 26-year-old. You know what I'm saying? It was mm. just the reality. The, the, the world, the universe, or whatever you want to call yeah. it, pushed back and said, hell no. <laughs> not, not now. You're not doing this today. Um, and so it, it, was, it took me a, a long time, as I said, to get off the canvas. I'd been knocked out flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed to re-find something that 
uh, I was passionate about again. And that thing was super yachts. So super yachts are basically the playground of billionaires. Now, you've got to listen to this part of the story because when, when he talks super yachts and everything, I I read that and my mouth was hanging open. And I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's not something I ever even considered. You know, I just thought, okay, yeah, they all float around there. I never knew that people wanted to go and work on them. Yeah, I know. Neither did I. I just, um, uh, I came across a, a, a kind of an ebook and it had some information about the industry and I was just sold. I wanted to get out of London. I wanted to, uh, I saw myself you know, on these massive multi-million dollar yachts, they're basically a super yacht is defined as any yacht that's bigger than 24 meters in length. And, um, you know, Roman Abramovich owns one, Jeff Bezos, literally like the oil sultans from like the UAE. If you are proper rich, proper, proper rich, like they're the haves and they're the have-mores. They're the, they are the have-mores of, of the have-mores, yeah, yeah. if you understand what I mean. Right up. And they buy these yachts for, one, for a number of reasons, but the, a big one is privacy. No one can get access to them. The paparazzi can't see them. Um, and, you know, some of these uh, yachts have like submarines. They have underwater torpedo systems. They have full in-house cinemas. They have, uh, you know, a full crew. And it really is a six-star floating hotel experience. So I saw myself, you know, working on these yachts and, and kind of doing uh, and traveling the world and meeting celebrities and all this kind of cool stuff. And what I didn't realize was how hard it was to actually get into that industry, number one. And number two, how many other people had the same kind of dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not uncommon in Antibes in the south of France to have literally hundreds of people outside a recruitment agency for these yachts. So yachts, it's, it's like, it's very hard to get in, but once you're in, you set. Mm -hmm. They want experience uh, above everything else. It's one of those catch-22s. You can't get on. Unless you have experience, but you need experience first. Yeah. There you go. It's a, it's a chicken egg horse thing. Yeah. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but that's what it felt like. But I started to write about it. Um, and it was uh, on an uh, aptly named website called mattbrownblog.com. Don't go there now. <laughs> it no longer exists. Uh, but I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And, I'm, and the more I, I was sharing tips and hacks, you know, and how to basically understand if you want to find day work, for instance, how to know when certain yachts are coming into dock and certain ports and things like that. So it was a proper how-to guide to get a job in a super yacht. Um, and then eventually magazines started picking up my content. And then at one point I was published in every single edition of Dark Walk magazine, which is the, the leading magazine in that industry uh, for 12 months running. They were even publishing stuff without my permission. It was getting pretty hairy. And eventually they offered me a job in, um, in the US. And I wrote, in fact, this is not my first book, You're in a Game. It's my second book because I took all that content. <laughs> From, uh, that I'd written, I packaged it into a book, and I released that on my blog. Mm -hmm. And then that's what got me into my next business venture with uh, a, an entrepreneur in the UK called Neil. And that was an information product marketing business, which made a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> very quickly. Um, but again, there's a couple of things that happened here. One, I, was, I knew I didn't want to be cleaning yachts for the rest of my life. I wanted to build big businesses and make a dent in the world and working on yachts wasn't ever going to make that happen for me. Mm -hmm. um, and two, I eventually, once we got this information product marketing business off the ground and it started making like $100,000 a day in certain instances. Did you hear that? Did you just, just notice what he just threw out there? $100,000 a day? 
Yeah, so it was, it, you know, the, high, the whole idea was you built a massive email list, uh, subscribers essentially, and then we, we worked with something called product, uh, product Launch Formula or PLF by Jeff Walker. And we launched how-to guides for the travel industry. So how to get a job in a cruise ship, how to get a job in a super yacht, how to get a job as an air hostess, how to get a job as a hotel concierge person, etc. And some categories were more, more liquid than others. But again, I got bored. And it wasn't enough of a challenge for me because we started to outsource everything to the Philippines. We had a team of 20 uh, Filipinos working for us. Great place to outsource if you are listening to this and you want a high quality work, low cost in a country that speaks English um, and a highly educated workforce, go to the Philippines over India. Um, and so we did that. And so we built a center of excellence and we, and we automated all of our marketing to a point where there wasn't actually much to do. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there. I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up, it's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. You, you, what you're describing here, most people are sitting back going, well, yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to do that. <laughs> um, and yet, no. No, it's a funny thing. You know, for me, it's really understanding. I, okay, let me go back. I believe that everyone listening to us right now is, grip, is battling to come to grips with fundamentally four questions. Who am I? What's my story? What are my gifts? What actions should I take? And uh, who should I take these actions with? And these are big questions about life. And mm. hence the book kind of really gets into all this stuff. You know, I don't think you're ever going to have the answer to questions like, who am I? What really makes me happy? You know, and what I didn't realize at the time was that in all of these ventures, I founded nine companies. Six of those I, I would regard as failures because I essentially quit. I lost interest and I quit or whatever the case was, which was sad. But the thing is, and I really want to get this point across, is that regardless of who you are or what business you're trying to build, pick a struggle. You have to pick a struggle. Like if you're going to pick a struggle as a, a digital kung fu CEO, you know, sales ready pipeline delivery you know, business for tech companies, or whether you're David Watts, the podcaster and radio uh, host and celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know. Um, but it doesn't matter what it is. If you want to work for an NGO or become a social entrepreneur, if you want to st work for a corporate and become a, a CEO fat cat one day with your Range Rovers, congratulations, you know. But pick a struggle because no matter what you choose, they're going to come with a set of problems. Mm -hmm. And the thing and the key to happiness is understanding that your happiness comes from solving specific problems. And if you okay. don't know what those problems are, you need to find a struggle that you can fall in love with over and over and over again. And that has to be the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. Yeah. That's the why. 
It's like I exist to inspire entrepreneurs and help them succeed through information sharing at scale. The book is just one way to do that, but the Map Round Show, the business, digital kung fu is all about growing people, encouraging them to fail every day so that they learn and they can become better human beings than the day they were before. Because when you put them all together in a single business, the business becomes better. And ultimately, culture will beat strategy any day of the week. But it's mm -hmm. all about understanding that regardless of what's happening outside of you, it's how you interpret things. And this is this is a massive, massive area. And and to me, the fact that you've, you've taken it and you've, you've managed to distill it down into 12 lessons, mm. um, I, I think that is that is inspirational. But I mean, the one thing that comes through very, very clearly is this never quit. Absolutely, yeah. And that was the, probably another thing. I mean, um, I believe this is the book that I wish I was given when I was 18. Yeah. Because it's it's real, it's authentic, it's based on things that are m far more important than things like strategy and innovation and disruption and the technology kind of space and, and buzzwords, you know, artificial intelligence, blockchain, crypto, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, etc. They all have a place, yes, right? But what's happening outside of you is nowhere near as important as what's happening inside of you. And if you want to remain relevant as a human being over the next 10 years, like you have to understand it's how you interpret the world around you and how you make decisions. It's about the decision-making operating system of the mind. And so the book tables stories that were recounted to me, very human stories, not technology stories, not startup stories that, you know, company went from zero to hero in six months and they all became billionaires, none yeah. of that stuff. This is about people who, like Richard Wright who's been on your show, you know, who've survived brain cancer, the only 118th human in the world ever to survive a very rare form of aggressive pituitary cancer of the brain. Um, you know, there are uh, stories of this very young girl called Courtney who got mauled by lions. I mean, just a crazy, crazy, crazy story um, and was no fault of her own. Um, Joey Evans was told he'd never walk again by six doctors. He had four daughters, right? And mm -hmm. imagine the thought, like I've got a young daughter and I can't imagine the fear and the, and the kind of pain, right, of not being able to walk any of my daughters down the aisle when they get married. And he, and he, through his own motivation, his own inner game, he fixed himself and he completed the Paris, uh, sorry, not Paris, the Paris-Dakar rally, the Dakar rally essentially. I have actually heard about this man and what an inspiration he is. And apparently he is. When you actually yeah. speak to him, he blows your mind. It's crazy. And the thing is about these stories, people Need remember lessons through stories, right? Yes. Storytelling and, is where it's at. Absolutely. And so when you recognize the, the truth that within all of us is the capability to do far more than what we realize and you can see yourself and you find perspective in your own self-worth by hearing the stories of real ordinary people right doing extraordinary things overcoming the insurmountable there's no way you should have walked again yeah. six doctors dude you're done you're never going to walk and yet he proved them all wrong and you know outside of the book this kind of human potential stuff and I use that word loosely, um, is, is becoming more and more to the fore. Mm. You know, cancer survivors. You know, and I hear this stuff more and more on my podcast. It's crazy. Um, but it is about recognizing that you're in the game, how you interpret the experiences that you have and your ability to make decisions because of, you know, these principles like mm. never quitting, as an example.
Yeah, it is. It's it's actually amazing, and it, it's almost as though there is this shift that we're going through in terms of consciousness at the moment. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's people like Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, whose, whose latest book is on becoming supernatural, and and the, the list of stories in the old days. You used to maybe hear of somebody who had uh, cancer, for example, and oh yes, yes, they made it for two years or three years, but long-term survival, you didn't hear about that much of, and and people that have these these huge odds that are, are sort of overcoming them and and mm. becoming the kind of person and i think that is part of what this is for you isn't it mm. this writing this book is, is it's about becoming matt brown that's it yeah i mean i've got that actually funny enough tattooed and you haven't seen my tattoos <laughs> yeah but um but yeah i mean it's about the beauty of becoming right you know i was asked at the launch of the of the book last week uh, we had maps mapanyani there doing the interview about 200 people at exclusive books and we're speaking about purpose you know a lot of people say you know i'm you know when i find my purpose mm. then i'll be happy or when i find the, the right relationships then i'll be happy when i find the right job when i find the right business when i find the right partner it's always mm. about being at effect never at cause and 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 some stage in the future you know as, mm. as though what are you going to do until then but david the point is to create the purpose and even if you have no evidence to back up what this idea is that you have for purpose and meaning in your life, but then you, ha you have to have faith and then you execute on that. And when you execute on that, you get feedback. And, it, you know, it's the, I don't know whether you've heard the, of the saying, like, no uh, business plan has ever survived first contact with the customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's true. The business that I thought I was going to launch and, you know, build and become hugely successful is not the business that I have today. Yeah. Because you don't know what the market wants, but you have to try. You don't, you, in other words, it's like regardless of whether you're building a business or whether you just want to be an awesome human being, <laughs> yeah. you have to pick a struggle, have faith that, that this could be the thing for you that will give meaning and happiness and joy in your life. And then you have to execute on that because that's the thing. People are so wrapped up in fear and they're waiting to have all the information. But the truth of the matter is that you never have all the information. You just have to have faith and execute and get information from real markets and real people in order to substantiate that this is the thing that will light you up. Okay, okay. So people are coming in. They're saying it's uh, great to hear. They're asking about the book, etc., etc. I just, I just want to relate a story. Was, uh, at one of these days, wow, a good few years ago, and uh, my mentor at the stage, I was doing one of my usual whining about how life was so unfair and why me and also doing the happiness and he said to me all right fine do you want to know what the ultimate success formula is will that shut you up and i rushed off and i got notes paper and pad and i sat there and i went grace me bestow your wisdom upon me he went stop look correct act and i was like yeah, yeah and that's it buddy that is it stop what's working what's not working fix it act if you do that consistently, you cannot but help but be successful. Mm. I was so upset with him. A couple of words. I'm looking for this massive thing. And, and this is it. I mean, there's simple, simple truths. And the, there's simple statements, I think, that are so profound in this book. Um, are we giving some away? Yes. Should we? Yes. We'll give away five copies. Five copies. We're mm. going to give away five copies. 
What okay. should they do? Um, let's workshop this quickly. Let's workshop this. I noticed. I noticed that Q, who's here in the in the studio with us, was like, "Dude, it's only five. Okay, don't get carried away. <laughs> don't start with your DJ nonsense. Five is what we do." Yeah, but I'll, ta- okay. I'll I'll make a deal. So the first people that can tweet me at Matt Brown ZA, just uh, ask me a question about something on Twitter at Matt Brown ZA. I'll go. I'll give you five signed copies of my book. I'll have them delivered to your home. Then, if anyone emails me a question at hello at digitalkungfu.co.za, I will send you a copy of the ebook for free. There we go. So there you go. You can get the ebook for free as well. Um, otherwise, uh, ask a question now at at Matt Brown Z A. Yeah. So M A W T B R O W N Z A. That's it. Okay, well, off you go. Matt's going to tell us right now how many people are in. It's a brilliant book. You've got to get hold of it. I've got my copy, and it's signed, and I'm not going to lend it out ever. Hey, you can stay warm this winter with a Moana Spa Pamper Journey for just 999 rand per person, including breakfast or lunch and three decadent treatments. Call Moana Spa now on 0861669262 for more info or to book. Get those tweets going to at Matt Brown ZA. Ask him a question, make it an interesting question, and you uh, stand a chance of winning one of those five signed copies of the book. It is a brilliant book, well worth getting. We'll be back with Matt in just a bit. Hey guys, this is Kira. If you haven't heard by now, Matt's book, You're in a Game, 12 Principles for High Impact Entrepreneurs, has reached the best sellers list in South Africa within the first week of it being launched. As a thank you to his listeners, he is giving you the chance to get your hands on the ebook for free. Simply go to mattbrownshow.com forward slash ebook or follow the link below. Fill in your details and download the book to your device. One of Matt's goals is to put the book into the hands of one million people. So go ahead right now and grab your copy. It's time to unlock your inner game. We're almost out of time again. I hate having Matt Brown specifically in here because... We get so caught up in like, catching up and who's doing what and the stories and everything. The time just flies. So uh, we're back with uh, Matt Brown. He is the Chief Excitement Officer of Digital Kung Fu, also the Matt Brown Show. Um, whereabouts do you go to, to, to listen to the Matt Brown Show? Let's start there quickly in this segment. Basically anyway. uh, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, we if you just Google Matt Brown Show or... Facebook, anywhere basically. I mean, our strategy has been about two things great content, mm. but even better distribution. Yeah. So, we're the only local podcast that's distributed by Amazon Prime in the UK and the USA, so yeah, we direct to yeah. home. And then so we've just done a deal with um, Swifty in Israel. They're an on demand home TV network, mm-hmm. so they're going after Netflix. Um, and so we're going to be on 30 different channels on Roku. I don't know if you're familiar yes, with that. Yes, yes, But essentially it gives you access to um, on-demand in-home content from anywhere in the world without having to go through, you know, the kind of gateways of big content distributors yeah. like, you know, like Amazon, ironically enough. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is brilliant, though. Um, the book is called Your Inner Game and uh, 12 Principles for High Impact Entrepreneurs. At Matt Brown ZA. Ask him a question. If you're one of the first five people that ask him a question, you're going to win yourself a signed copy of the book and it will be delivered. Otherwise, you can say, uh, send an email to hello at uh, digitalkungfu.com. 
is it co.za? .co.za. Hello yeah. at digitalkungfu.co.za and uh, you can win yourself a digital copy of the book. Mm-hmm. This, I love my Kindle. Have these, don't take anything away from it, okay? But there's something about holding a book in your hands. Um, it's just so special. Mm. So, uh, well done. Very nicely put together. Well done uh, to the uh, to the publishers at Tasty McDonald's. She does some pretty impressive stuff. She does everyone. I know. <laughs> I know. I must, I must get her on the show and go, hello, how e- are you? Everyone is impressive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that, that, that you talk about, and we're talking about these principles in the book, um, exceptionally well put together, but the, the question arises about the why. What is your why? Hmm. Um, and I was saying to you, off air, we spoke to Steve Olsher uh, a couple of weeks ago. He wrote a book, What is Your What?, Mm-hmm. So what is very important, but I think why mm. strikes even closer to home. What mm. is your why? So, so yeah. let's talk to me about Matt Brown's why. Yeah. So this whole idea of why is quite cliched at the moment. You know, Simon Sinek made that very popular. Essentially, he put a new spin on the idea of, uh, you know, corporate or brand mission statements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's a great, great work nonetheless. You know, um, I never got this kind of book when I was 18 and you know the why really came from watching my father fail and recognizing my own failures um, both as an entrepreneur in terms of poor decision making based on you know poor available data whatever the reason was but nonetheless poor decision making and the effect that that has on you as a person and then ultimately the people that work for you you know as an entrepreneur if you make a bad decision it's 10x you know it's salaries yeah Uh, and you know i've got 20 people that work for me 21 now and um you know if i make a bad decision it affects 21 families and so it's recognizing that whole context first and foremost but then understanding that it's natural it's normal if you're going as i said you know in the beginning of the show pick a struggle for me my struggle is entrepreneurship right entrepreneurship is essentially getting onto a whole bunch of ships and going out into a category five hurricane every single day <laughs> yes well exactly yeah well, and, and going lifeboats and life who needs those we will go by the way here's a bucket start bailing <laughs> yes pretty much you should co-write that next <laughs> chapter for me <laughs> but it's abs- it's like going to sea in a, in a storm right yeah. and so the boat's moving around left and right you don't know where your 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 kind of northeast uh, northeast southwest is and you're lost at sea you know the only certainty about entrepreneurship is uncertainty and recognizing that that's all you will ever have mm. um, and so otherwise if you have a whole bunch of certainty you, you, you need to question the integrity of your business and whether it's going to be around for much longer especially in today's market but the why is like having a star in the sky when you can't see anything else something to navigate by it's it's the north star that's where i need to go and when you see it and you can visualize it and you can internalize what it will feel like when you get there then everything else becomes more manageable you know there's this um one of the uh, one of the great stories i was told actually when i had that first failure as a 26 year old i had a business coach his name is damien i phoned him i said listen help me give me advice and i said my business isn't working you know what must i do Tell me what to do and I'll do it. And he said to me, Matt, I'm not going to give you advice, but I'm going to tell you a story. And he told me the story about this great military general. And he put all of thousands of his troops onto ships and they crossed the sea to invade a foreign land. 
And when they, when they arrived at the foreign land, he turned around to all of his lieutenants and, and, and commanded them to burn all their ships. Why would they do that? Well, I would, I would, before you go on to the why would I do that, what did you do at that point in the conversation, leaving out one big word? I was pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell has this got to do with anything? Yeah. Um, and so obviously the business failed and you know, I was, as I said, flawed in the canvas. Took a while to bounce back from that. But the story always stuck with me. And over time, and as I matured and I became less arrogant, I recognized the value of that story in the sense that when you pick a struggle, no matter what happens in front of you, like certain things will always go wrong, right? But there's two types of scenarios here. One is where you are in control of the problem that's happening to you, right? Mm -hmm. The other one is where it happens beyond your control. That is far worse to deal with than when it's within your control. If I make a bad decision, I can recognize that and I can fix it. But when something happens outside of me and it affects me internally in a negative way and in such a way that it affects my motivation, my ability to make great decisions, then that is those are the problems that really do affect me personally, right? Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to recognize that you have to get over that stuff. And when you do, it's like people aren't prepared to really address the psychodrama in their own lives, you know? And mm-hmm. I didn't do that. It took me years to get over the fact that, my, you know, I failed as an entrepreneur when I was 26. But the truth was, and how I got over that experience was recognizing that I didn't actually fail. The business failed. Yeah. Those are two different things. But I took the failure of the business as me failing, when mm. in fact failure is natural. It's natural for an entrepreneur to fail. Well, if you think, how does a child learn to walk? Totally. You know, they, they, they get up, they fall. They get up, they fall until they stop falling. Absolutely. But, but we have this massive fear of failure. I mean, we, mm. you can talk to, and you've done, a bunch of successful people. So have I. And you know what? All of, all of them. And I, and I hesitate to include myself in that group, but I, I do, that everybody's had to overcome this fear of failure and go, there is no failure, it's feedback. So what am I going to do about it? Mm, absolutely. Well said. But again, as you say, it's about the interpretation of the failure, in, yeah. I'm using air quotes here, um, itself, because it ha- you have, it's like the great companies were, at, you know, it takes 15 years to make a quick buck, right? So in the 15 years that it took to build a great company, it didn't happen overnight. And even this whole, you know, Silicon Valley narrative right now, it's like, you know, you start a business and six months later, you'll sell that business for, you know, $100 million, you'll move to the south of France and do Bolivian cocaine with a bunch of Russian supermodels, you know, it's just not real. But Mm. that's what the media narrative tells you as a young founder. But truth be told, you know, you have to fail thousands and thousands and thousands of times in order to reach that kind of success. Well, I don't know. Have you, there's, there's this entrepreneur, uh, internet entrepreneur. I'm sure you've, you must have come across this stuff. Lie Topes. Oh, okay. um, I thought you, you were going to say Gary Vee. <laughs> have, <you met laughs> have you heard about Lie Topes? Um, anyway, so he's also, you know, and here's a picture of me with my 17 supercars in the garage. And totally. this is a picture of me on the super yacht. And, mm. you know, there's got to be three yachts in the harbor. And it's not like that. It's totally untrue. You know? I, what I've discovered, now tell me this, is that every single person that I've discussed to date has experienced multiple failures that I've, that I've met that's successful, multiple failures, and they've come up with a compelling enough reason to keep on getting up in the morning. Is this true in your experience as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, most people don't want to talk about the six failed businesses, you know, and I write about them in detail in the book. 
but they only see the Mapron show and the media, uh, you know, sort of profile that yeah. I built over the last four years. And there's, oh, Matt just was just successful. Look at Matt. I mean, Matt just got out there and he did a couple of couple of podcasts and everybody likes him. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. Um, I know from from the amount of work I put into to the show and the podcasts, it's not. It's mm. not. So it, it, they might sell you the lie on the interwebs. Where it's like, start a podcast today, have millions of followers tomorrow, everything will be okay. Mm. No, no, it takes time. Mm. How many times did you want to give up? I want to give up every single day. <laughs> but it's yeah. a funny thing. But you see, I want to give up on the idea of success, not on people that I work with. So what is success? What does success actually mean? If you think about the word, what does it actually mean for you? Is it a number? Um, and how do you recognize when you are successful? And you know, when you're young, and when I was young, you money. know, it was great, it was money, exactly. Money, so money, it's money. like, okay, I'm gonna have, you know, a million dollars in the bank account, or a million rand, or a hundred thousand rand, whatever that number means yeah. to you. What you'll inevitably do is buy a bunch of dumb shit, okay? You'll spend money on things that you don't need, and you'll rec suddenly re recognize that, the ha that happiness in material things is very short-lived. Yes, yeah. you can actually buy happiness, but it's short term. Yeah, yeah. And, well, generally you can also rent it by the hour, but you know, <laughs> it, is, it is very much a short term proposition. Totally. But so what happened was, going back to your earlier word about becoming, was that I recognized that that isn't actually what it's about. What it is about is about becoming more than you were the day before. So I like to, in the book, I write about um, death. You know, I so say if you want to discover your purpose, there's a couple of ways you can do it. The first one is to say, well, if you want to find out what makes you uniquely different, answer this question. What book are you writing in 12 months time and what's on the cover? Whoa. That's a big one. But then if you want to think about things like purpose and who are you becoming, who are you actually, then you've got to think about the finality of your life and that's which is the same for everybody, which mm. is death. So I interviewed uh, Robin Wheeler who wrote the book, uh, The Death. Death is the Ultimate Orgasm. Yeah. And we discussed at length the idea that when you are born, the day that you are born, if you think about your birthday right now, that day when you were born, your death was intimately entwined in that event. It was certain. Yeah. So if you think about, if you fast forward to the day of your death and you imagine it's the day of your funeral, there's a couple of questions that one should be thinking about answering. The first one is, if you imagine what are, what are people going to say about David Watts, mm. right? And a couple of things here. Who Some did, of them start with grumpy. Yeah, yeah he bastard. could be grumpy. Yeah, <laughs> but he could also be a philanthropist who, you know, who changed the lives of a million children through his podcast. Yeah, do you understand? something like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's about who did you become, mm. and then who did you help? Mm. Because you have to become. That's like, you know, we're all human beings. We're part of nature. So if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm. So you have to continually you know, uh, plant the seeds that will lend themselves to growing flowers. Funny, uh, Carmen Murray was on my show, we're doing this uh, special about women of steel. And she said to me, the most beautiful flowers grow from shit. <laughs> Which is true, right? Good point. Good it's point. Like, it's like your breakdowns always become your breakthroughs. Um, and if you can see it, and, and that I think takes a lot of, of self-exploration and self-growth, is to see that the breakdowns can become your breakthroughs. Because when you're going through that breakdown, I mean, I had another one at the end of last year. We discussed it briefly the last time. And I was like, yes, finally, I'm making it. I've got this graphic designer. Yay. Boom. Gone. And we're like, what? Now what? Yeah. 
Um, and I could quite easily, quite easily have curled up in a, in a corner somewhere in the fetal position and went like, stop the world, I want to get off. Mm. But instead, you know, I was like, okay, this is not an unfamiliar thing. This has happened before. Mm. We've weathered the storm. What are we going to do now? And I think that's important as well, because you, you're quite a big uh, proponent of pivoting. We're way over time, just by the way. Are we? Yeah. Never mind. Success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we, is true success for today. <laughs> we have managed to do it, yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, please. Do you want me to yeah, no, carry on. No, I'm having fun now. We're just going to okay, talk. Okay, so, sorry, I got, so what's the question? Great. Just sum it up and then we'll wrap up. I've totally forgotten what have the you? question was now. What was the key dog? What was the question? <laughs> Do you not pay attention? Are you Are not you the one attention? supposed to be paying attention to what we do? Go look back on those cameras. <laughs> um, well, I think what uh, I'd just like to thank the people on, on Twitter, Justin Harris, Arthur, uh, Warren, Arthur Jones, oh, Martin Cynical, uh, Michael G. Cumming. I'll, reach, I'll get the team to reach out to you and uh, send you all signed copies of the book. Thank you. This is Charles feeling very, very um, uh, 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 positive tonight. He goes... Why care about what people say about you when you're dead? When you're dead, you'll be oblivious of what people say about you. Absolutely. But yeah, no, listen, it's game over when it happens. I mean, that's it. Huh? That's that final arts which click. But you know what? Legacy. Legacy is what it's about. You know what? Um, <coughs> so going back to it, right in the beginning, I was speaking about imposter syndrome and being trapped mm. uh, from words written in that book and not being able to change things. So people, everybody has this fear of judgment. Like judgment is necessary mm. in order to create a gap for opinions to be shared amongst peers and amongst people. And the thing that uh, in the book that I share is about this idea of reputation. Where does, where does, who owns your reputation? Does your reputation sit with other people? Or does it sit with you? And if you believe that it sits with other people, that's when you have the fear of judgment to this uh, chap's point mm-hmm. here on mm-hmm. the message. In the sense that you shouldn't care what other people think about what you have to say and what your your true authentic uh, kind of life should be for you. Because who are there to know and live your life better than you can? And it doesn't have to be what gets touted in the movies and in the magazines and online all the time. It doesn't have to be making billions of dollars doing this, that and the next thing. If you can change one person's life, I'm sure you feel the same way. If somebody comes to you one day and says, Matt, because of your book. I'm sure you're going to turn and go, then my work is done. That's it. you know. And that was always the why, going, going back to your there earlier we question. Go. We circled back eventually. Was that you know, the why of, of everything that I, I have done over the last four or five years, which has led to amazing you know, manifestations of positive outcomes for not only myself, but for the people that work with me and for the listeners of my show and the community of entrepreneurs and people that I care about. That would all have not been possible if it wasn't firmly based in the idea of contribution. So the why has always been about helping entrepreneurs or people succeed through information sharing at scale. And the book is just a, a manifestation of that. Um, but it is all about contribution. You know, I always ask this, funnily enough, the same question at the end of every episode of my podcast. Mm. And we've done about 200 now. I say, why do you do what you do? What gets you out of bed in the morning? And I've never had a single person say anything about uh, success. Nothing about material wealth gain, nothing like that. Every single person that has truly built amazing things has had their why firmly based in this idea of contribution beyond their own self and mm. their own gains. Well, I mean, if I think about it now, you know, we do we do a lot of the training stuff as well. Um, we do a lot of persuasive uh, persuasive communications. We talk about ethical persuasion, those kind of things. Yeah. 
Um, he's pulling the face at me. <laughs> Are you ethically persuading me? <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> um, and I do that because I believe in what I'm doing. But my little passion project, the thing that gets me out of bed at 3, 3.30 every single morning is this wanting to help people, to build something. Uh, this, these, are, these are lessons that I've learned. Mm. This is self-development stuff that's helped me here. You try it. Yeah. And, and that's what makes me get out of bed. Because, yeah, and it's not. It used to be, oh, boy, did I used to want the money. But, yeah, once you've burned through that a couple of times, I'm like, mm. The thing is, it's, not, it's, it's okay if you want the money. Yeah, money's okay. There's you know nothing wrong saying? with it. Like, social entrepreneurship now is a very real thing. You can change the world and make money. Yeah, But the thing, thing is, I've got a, a, a youngster who works for me as a designer. It's called Quincy. Um, you know, very talented, straight out of um, uh, Vega. And uh, we're doing a podcast and someone says to him, what do you want? What does success mean for you? And he said, I want to, I want to be a billionaire. So there's two ways to tackle that, that goal. The first one is to chase a billion dollars, right? But you're never going to get there. It's, it's almost impossible to get to mm. a billion dollars because the right way to get to a billion dollars is to say, how can you solve a single problem for a billion people? At because if you do it at a dollar a pop and if you do it... Mm. That way, you will become a billionaire. Stop chasing money because money, you know, it's never, you know, the thing is, it's it's a destination. But the trick is to recognize that it's the journey that matters. And it so is. And I've got to say, we need to wrap up. We've actually broken all records tonight. Um, but uh, <laughs> Matt Brown, just in terms of since I last saw you and the book was, was, was there, it was bubbling under and you were like, yeah, I've got to put in some serious graph to now. Um, all I got to say is well done. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I see in you a, a, an amazing amount of growth since we last spoke. You kind of, I don't know, maybe you were just busy the last time. This time you seem more centered, more focused. I don't have the weight of the book Yes, anymore. and you've also got the flu from hell that's coming, so you're probably like... <laughs> and CrossFit. Everybody needs to do CrossFit. Uh, no, I, I get more than enough exercise jumping to conclusions and flying off the handle. So that's about me. Um, somebody's just saying, missed half the conversation with Matt. Sounds like it was interesting. What are his details? I'd like to go and get a copy of it, please. Okay. I'd always like it when you guys put your names in there, so then I can uh, I can sort of, you know, address you by your name instead of, hey, you. Um, Matt Brown, and uh, the book is called Your Inner Game. Um, there were a bunch of people that are going to get signed copies of the book. Otherwise, if you send an email to hello at digitalkungfu.co.za, ask Matt to describe his tattoos or something. Ask him a question. <laughs> he will then... Um, yes. What what do you need help with? What do you need help with? How can how can I help you? There you go. What do you need help with? What is the one thing you need help with? Um, and uh, I can tell you right now, if you say give me a million bucks, it's not going to be the answer you're going to want. So uh, get the book. If you can't get it, get the digital copy, man. It's on Amazon. Uh, currently, Amazon.com. If you're a Kindle junkie like me, it's selling for a dollar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's your like introductory launch price. That's it. So the goal is to get the book into the hands of a million people. So okay. hence why the Kindle versions basically for free there you go so you can help you can be one of those million matt brown thank you so much uh, it's been as always brilliant what's next before you go for matt brown uh probably another book another book yeah are we going to put you on the on the spot and say when oh my gosh the <laughs> q's going don't you do that q's saying don't you do that <laughs> don't you be doing <laughs> okay, that okay tw 2020 
2020. Yeah, that's going to be called the Dreamers Dojo. I'll stop there. I've heard about the Dreamers Dojo. You and I discussed the concept briefly. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, thanks, then you, David. Then Thank you're coming you. back. Have yourself a fantastic evening. Thank you. I'll catch you again next Monday. Thanks for checking out the Map Round Show, guys. And if you'd like to get the kung fu put in your ninja, check out digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.